Cool, cool, cool. Well, let's talk about let's talk about footy. Well, a lot of news since the last time we talked, which to the users won't will be in perceivable because all the first three episodes will just be released as one giant chunk because I a suck at editing, and b we had a holiday. How was your Thanksgiving? Holiday was great. It's Thanksgiving in my family is well Thanksgiving and Christmas is very chaotic because when you have six nieces and nephews under the age of 12 it gets pretty chaotic and it, it seems to be a tradition with the nieces and nephews is to every Thanksgiving do a dinner show I, I heard someone else say this recently is that a common thing it is with my family apparently because huh. for for like ten ten minutes to a half an hour, there are no adults allowed in the basement of my parents' house. They go down into the basement doing God knows what, and then all six of the niece and nephew, all six of the grandkids come upstairs. They start handing out tickets for just. Which are really just scraps of paper. And Do they, they say, charge for it? If they did, I wouldn't. <laughs> in this, in so that's sense, how you bought Destiny. In whatever <laughs> sense, a, a 10 year old will charge. So, like $2. No, they do not charge. But. They say, okay, everybody, downstairs into the basement. And they serve plates of these oyster crackers. Of course. Naturally. Of course, yeah. And then begins, like, five minutes of just chaos. The The best part of the... The best part of the dinner show, quote-unquote, was... Keep in mind, for the most part of this, it was just random screaming, running around. Occasionally there was a couple jokes, but the best part of it was my three-year-old nephew performing some kind of WWE move on my ten-year-old nephew. He basically just elbow-dropped him. And it was... Yeah, that's always... Nothing says giving thanks like professional wrestling moves. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it was actually really, really funny. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah we, my brother and I used to put on a concert, so I can relate. We did not charge money either, although we should have because it was super entertaining. Hmm. Speaking was, was of... That, th- was that this year or years ago? Oh, years ago, back when I lived in Chicago. It used to be in our basement. Now we're now we all just fall asleep. How much turkey and pie did you eat? So much. I actually my original plan was to only have one slice of pie, but for the first time in the history of Thanksgiving, this is the first time this has ever happened to a diabetic. 
my blood sugar got too low. Really? And I had to eat more pie. It was heartbreaking. That's you, you say heartbreaking, but you, you sound pretty happy about that. I was very happy. My mom bought two different things of pie. Pumpkin pie and a peanut butter pie. I had both. It was incredible. Shout out to my aunt, who probably will, will never listen to this. My aunt made probably the top three best mashed potatoes I've ever had. There's enough garlic in this thing to kill the entire cast of Twilight. Originally, my parents were not going to get a pumpkin pie, and I was like, "Why? Why are you? Why are you doing this?" No idea, but that but that they're breaking your heart. But. So I ended up going to Walmart and buying a Marie Callender's pumpkin pie. Did you fight people for it? Surprisingly, no. That's the true meaning of Thanksgiving, is eating pie and then fighting people for it. You fought people for the pie. Surprisingly, no. But um, that Thursday, as my brother and his family were leaving the house... I saw my six-year-old niece walking out of the door with a piece of pumpkin pie in her hand. No plate, no napkin, just a piece of pumpkin pie in her hand. Now, that's the the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Yes. That is the true meaning of Thanksgiving. And now we can look forward to to Christmas. Amen. Mm. And for Christmas, you might get a gold star, another gold star, but we'll <sighs> talk about that later. We're we're gonna tease that one a little bit. First, we're gonna All talk. All for Christmas is two gold stars, two gold stars. Is that is that a chant? Please come in. I I really hope it is. I really hope it is. If not, you need to tweet it right now. Stop what you're doing and tweet it. While you're tweeting that, I'm gonna g- give the people. Tease other things. Not only are we going to talk about the MLS Cup Finals, which are coming your way this Saturday on ESPN? Maybe. Yes. I don't know. Yes, we'll, ESPN. We'll, ESPN, we'll, uh, Saturday at 4 o'clock. 4 p.m. Eastern. I will be walking around Disney World and tweeting and talking to you, and you'll be complete. I'll be so. at a Christmas party with friends. Uh, we'll be watching an assortment of... Christmas movies that will essentially culminate in Krampus. Just watch the MLS Cup. They, 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 you can watch Christmas movies 30 other days of December. I am yes, a believer but these that are friends I haven't it. seen in over a year. Fine. You've so got I, priorities. I, will, I will most likely be streaming the game on either my phone or my tablet. Oh, as long as you're watching, that's all I care about. We'll if talk about. Else, I'll be following on following on Twitter. Amen. Not only will we talk about the MLS Cup final, we will also talk about MLS Cup expansion, the final four of MLS Cup expansion. And it's a final four that actually makes sense, un- unlike the college football playoff. Anyways, moving on. We will also talk mm, that's about. That's a different discussion. Speaking of college sports, we will talk about the NIT that might take place before the World Cup for the not-invited tournament. 
Rumor has it that the Chicago Fire might be there. Here's a question. Really, shouldn't really, really shouldn't it be called the IIT? Because what, NIT is National for... Invitational Tournament and I is international. I thought the N and NIT actually stood for not invited. I, I, in reality, I think it's officially called the National Invitational Tournament. Huh, today I learned. What do you know? So we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about the new nation Nations League that will be coming your way next September in the CONCACAF region. And right now, we're going to talk about domestic team. Team news here in the U.S. of A., or as I called it, the Freedom State. The best Freedom State. Because this is American Soccer Broadcast. I'm Alex Ryder. And I'm Jordan Hawkins. What do you think? Harrisburg Islanders are now called Penn FC. Personally, I think it rolls off the tongue more. Yeah, it fits on a jersey. Yes. And personally, I... Okay, I did not realize this until they actually announced the name change. Harrisburg City Islanders do actually play on an island. They don't? They do actually play on an island. Really? There is a river that runs through uh, Harrisburg. There is a... I believe it's a minor league baseball stadium. And... They play on in that stadium, so they so they actually do play on an island. Today I learned. See, my my hope is that they get Bic as a sponsor, so then it's Penn FC. I'll see myself out. Goodbye. And he's walking out of the room. Okay. To, to be honest, that, that that is okay. I I laughed honestly, but I did roll my eyes into the back of my head. That's just that's the first of many dad jokes here on American Soccer Broadcast. So, but and to be honest, I had to Google names of pen companies because I wasn't sure if Pen, if Ben or Bix, 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 if Bix was a pen company. Or a lighter company. Turns out... It's both. Why not both? I I, I don't understand how... I would love to know what was said in that meeting. Say, what should we make? Pens? Or lighters? Why not both? Why Why not a pen that's a lighter? I'm quite sure that exists somewhere. Somewhere in this universe, yes. Yeah. So now you know that the Harrisburg Islanders, now Penn FC, are actually on an island, and now they have a new name, and hopefully they get a new sponsor that's a pen. Yeah, rebranding. It helps for a couple com- teams, except for Columbus Crew, but we'll talk about that oh, in a little boy. bit. Moving on for other domestic 
football news. We have a lot of bad news for NASL. As we mentioned in the last broadcast, NASL champions for the, for the Soccer Bowl, which is kind of a joke, but whatever, were the San Francisco Deltas. And just as it was predicted, the San Francisco Deltas have folded after one season. It's really sad because they had decent numbers and it was a well-branded team. They were just completely mismanaged. See, that that's the problem with that whole league is there's several teams that have good numbers, namely Indy 11, Jacksonville Armada, North Carolina FC, but that entire league is just very, very poorly managed. And it's partially because they have no salary cap. Like, if, no. if Miami FC, Miami FC won both the fall and spring seasons of the 2017 NASL, but yet they didn't win the cup because they nearly lost to San Francisco. But that team was basically could basically have taken it to Minnesota United. It was a it was a very it was a budget MLS team. And because of their their lack of rules, they were able to do that. But be, that's also what has led to their downfall, which as we've stated is been completely w- Combined with the ruling against them, they're hosed. Not only did they lose their champion to folding after just one season due to finances, it's not like San it's, it's actually did. the second year in a row their champion has folded. If you remember correctly, last year mm-hmm. the New York Cosmos won the soccer bowl. And then they almost immediately folded, which they yeah, actually they, they technically saved. did fold, but they, they were they, saved they, and they, they had to saved. reconstruct the roster. They did officially fold, but then they were saved, which in many ways saved NASL for one more season. And well, now now we're in this predicament because not only did they lose San Francisco. FC Edmonton has gone on hiatus, call blaming it not so much on finances uh, as a lack of support and a lack of market share, which was a real shame because that they, they were they're the most northern based soccer team in Concacaf, and they had to close At least the until doors. we get this Canada Premiership bleak whenever that's going to start up I, I i haven't heard anything about that i would have thought that with the news of fc edmonton sitting out the 2018 nasl season which at this point the 2018 nasl season is about as existent as a chicago bears playoff run <laughs> which to go on a rant for a minute robbie gould's revenge that they need to write that 30 for 30 Anyways, um, and, and also a third team, North Carolina FC, has 
made the jump from NASL to USL. And a founding member of NASL as well. Yes. One of the teams that left USL Pro to join NASL has now gone back to USL. And USL opened them with welcomed them with open arms. And NASL released a statement which I told you this was basically saying we're a sinking ship and it's everybody else's fault. Yep, that's exactly what they said in so many words. And it was I, I'm not kidding you. I remember seeing this news as a rumor at ten AM that morning and by by the time they had announced it, they had already removed any reference to the team from the NASL website. So Granted, we had two this... two teams that and that le- happened left, the left same the ASL day before lunch. Yeah, that happened the same day. And all yes. the same day. And now North Carolina is is gonna have renew their rivalry with the Carolina Courage and the Charleston Battery. That's gonna be great. That's gonna That's... be interesting. And there's going to be a fourth entry into that Southern Belt rivalry with the entry of an unnamed Atlanta United team. Atlanta United has ended their overall partnership with the Charleston Battery and is instead... to be honest, you have to have fans to have a rivalry. I'm sorry, but... You look at the numbers. I'm, I'm going to kiss my lion badge. Amen. I remember watching the semifinal for the USL Cup. And it was the Swoop Park Rangers against, I forget who it was. But it was at Kansas City. There was nobody at Sporting Park. Nobody. And that that's the same trend through every single USL club that is tied with an MLS. That includes all the Cascadia teams. Uh, Timbers 2, Sounders 2, Whitecaps 2. Every single USL club that is linked to a MLS club has terrible attendance. They can't get people out because what it is is essentially... A JV team. Yeah, it's like it's like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was the guy that showed up at six, at five o'clock for the JV game and cheered for the JV team before the varsity team came out. Okay, it was Oklahoma City Energy, by the yes, way. Yes, that's correct. That up. And yeah, I was I, I was the guy that showed up, but but that's because I'm the guy that also spent fifteen minutes of his life last night watching competitive college cornhole. I'm not kidding. There was competitive cornhole. I remember seeing a tweet about this, and I'm just thinking, it's not enough that we have competitive darts, but we have competitive cornhole. I I, I, I don't know why anybody would be surprised by it, but I'm I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked, and I love it. I love it. I just want to see it happen during the halftime of a soccer match. Instead of having the announcers come out, just take a bunch of the supporters and have competitive cornhole. 
I'd watch. We had all these bar games, like billiards, darts, cornhole, all these games that essentially have happen at parties, and it's an excuse to drink. It's like, do you really need an excuse to drink? Apparently, some people do. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but what what I really want to see is competitive drunk cornhole. That I would prob- watch. They'd probably still do well. They would probably still do well. That I would watch. But speaking of drunken decisions, we've got. You're right. It's it's. There were two se- teams, MLS owned USL teams in the semifinal. Now. The rumors about USL 3 and all that that jazz with notwithstanding these clubs that are independently associated with with other clubs seem to be doing better because they have an independent fan base. Yes, now, because the the only How do I say this? goal of these MLS B teams is development. Yeah, and that used to be the role of the fourth division, and now with the lack of a third division, falls to the second division. A second division that is literally the largest in the world because you don't see 30 team second divisions. But here's my question. Here's my question. That is the same exact case for minor league baseball. Yes, but minor league baseball, we're the only country in the world with a true minor league baseball system. You could argue that Japan has one and that some of the Caribbean islands have one, but it doesn't change the fact that we're the only ones that have a full development system. The difference between baseball and soccer is in America, even. Even in America, the first three levels of the pyramid are considered pro teams, meaning that they can still they still have competitions on a yearly basis with top teams. I mean, there is the possibility. It doesn't happen because of how pro teams, how much more money and prestige pro teams have or first division pro teams have, but there is the possibility of a USL team winning the winning the US Open Cup and going to the CONCACAF Champions League. That almost happened. But Cincinnati year. almost did. When, if Cincinnati would have done it, I think Don Garber would have gone on the field at the end of the game and just given them the MLS franchise they well deserve. And we can Which talk he should have, done, should have done anyway, but that's... We'll, we'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. This all goes to say that USL, definitely the league to be in, which is why we saw North Carolina leave NASL, a, te- a league with no competition, with no teams, to go to a larger league where they can bring in more people. They're gonna. I guarantee you, they're gonna see more people at their matches because they've got more teams. Yes, 
Because in the NASL, you're playing the same seven teams over and over and over again. And that gets boring. That's why MLS wasn't that popular in the early years. So, yeah, it's it's just a matter of getting these teams to be competitive. And we'll see what the third division looks like. So, that being said, we also got a little bit of expansion news in USL where the unnamed Las Vegas team officially chose their name. The Las Vegas Lights. Which I love that name. I love that name. It's, and it's I very love their logo. It's very indicative of Good what word. Las Vegas is famous for. Is Darn right. Is lighting up the night sky with the millions of lights that dawn the Las Vegas Strip. Yeah, and ultimately, I think I think it's it's very relevant to the local team, and I think it's going. I'm very excited to see where this franchise goes. It'll be interesting to see how many people they bring in the gates during the 2018 USL season mm-hmm. because they will be in the running no matter what you say they will be in the running for MLS spots 20 27 and 28 so we shall see how that all develops the owner also came out and said he wants a lot of local talent like he wants to focus on a lot of people in in the Las Vegas area so that he Which can is very admirable. Attend, which is admirable and it's gonna allow for more talent to be surfaced that way. People complain, oh enough not enough talent has been surfaced. It's these kinds of things that are gonna help them surface and to bring them to the center stage. And I think we're gonna see the results of USL having academies in the lower levels very soon. So, I mean, look at um, Hildebrand from FC Cincinnati. He just got acquired by Atlanta United. So does that mean Guzan is slowly losing his spot? Oh, yeah. I think I – honestly, I think Guzan will lose his – starting spot by the end of the 2018 MLS Cup season. I think Guzan's washed up. I also think that Hildebrand has a good possibility of getting a call-up in 2018. You heard it here first. That's my claim chowder for the episode. So Not not only him, but Zach Steffen of the Cubs crew put on a wonderful show in the past few weeks in the MLS playoffs. Amen. Give especially, the call out. especially in that two-legged series against Atlanta. Yep. Yep. He. He. I. I imagine he, was he, a he will get. Beast. He will get a call up before too long. Oh yeah, especially it, it, if they play a match in Columbus in 2018, which I think they will. I imagine he will be considered for the upcoming January camp. Ooh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. That'll be an interesting camp to watch. 
I think Joe Bendick's time has come and gone, but we still love him. Okay, um, other team news in the domestic atmosphere, and then we will transition. Um, two, one, two sad notes. Um, first off, to finish off our USL coverage, the Rochester Rhinos, the last lower division team to win the U U.S. Open Cup and USL's 2015 champions, will have to, due to financial insolvency, sit out the 2018 USL season due to overextension on their budget. They 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 set out to acquire 5,000 new season ticket holders and were unable to acquire them. So they had to declare that they would not be joining the USL in 2018. Unfortunately, Which you have to feel for fans in Rochester. Oh, I feel so badly for them. But in, in all reality, that's, that's, that's where USL is at. USL is still has teams that are very fragile. Mm-hmm. And USL isn't, isn't risking the entire league to bail these teams out. That's why these teams have rules. So, instead, you've got five expansion teams coming in 2018. So, there's not going to be a shortage of teams, whereas NASL has already lost three teams in their offseason and plans to only add two, which... I think they should be holding their breath because I don't think the two California-based expansion teams are are going to necessarily join the league. I think there's a good chance they're there's they're not going to there's a chance they're not going to just they're just going to back out. No, I and think and there's certainly no chance that they're going to save the league. The the league's going down to Division three. Now, what that does to the league, we shall see. I'm still shocked. There, the, there is the no 11. way they can sustain a league with eight or less teams. You can't. It's in, and it leads it leads to a poor quality of competition. Right. Exactly. So we shall see what how the fans react. I'm very interested to see how the fans react to that. So that being said, we now get to transition. Oh, one point about the women's game. Um, the NWSL Sporting Kansas City team, FC Kansas, FC Kansas City, City, was forced to fold... And was immediately transferred. The entire rights, all the players, all their contracts and draft picks were transferred to a newly formed um, Salt Lake City team owned, operated, and based by RSL. They will play at Rio Tinto Stadium. Did you hear the name, though? I did not know there was a name. They're, they announced their name. And it's, really? Here, here it is. 
the Utah Royals. Oh! Oh! Oh, that's harsh! Oh, that hurts! Wow! I, I know it's... It, it, I know they have... <laughs> I know they had... It had to be similar to what the RSO Oh, that logo is. is sweet. Oh, that logo but is I, sweet. I can't, I can't help but feel that the entire Kansas City fan base is just, is just like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Well, to be fair, and like you said, it's it's because anybody that knows anything about soccer will know that the royal is in reference to the fact that real real Salt Lake is literally a reference to the fact that RSL Real Salt Lake is a reference to Real Madrid. Now in Spanish soccer, you get you can you get the option to call yourself real whatever after 50 years in the league and real re is a reference to royal basically. So 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 yeah, it had I know they wanted it to be similar to the branding of RSL just like their USL team is the Real Monarchs. But I can't help but feel and every that's, single they've got Kansas a nice City. stadium. Like they don't have they don't play at Rio Tinto. They have their own academy stadium that they play at. Yes. Which is pretty cool. But I cannot help but feel every single Kansas City soccer fan is just thinking Really? Yeah. All all 1,700 of them. There were only a... They were by far the lowest in attendance. There were more people at the semifinals for the um, Women's College Cup in Orlando this weekend than went to Kansas City games. And the reason is they didn't play at Sporting Park. They played at a in a suburb of Kansas City, and that's why people didn't go. Right. It, whereas you look at these team, I'm looking at the like NWSL you, you, 2017 you at, attendance. You you look at other teams like, like the Seattle Reign. They play in downtown Seattle, and they at have Memorial great Stadium. numbers. They have yeah, great they, numbers. Yeah, they have. They are fifth. North Carolina Courage played the same stadium as North Carolina FC. They bring in a lot of. People. They almost sell out that stadium on average. Houston Dash, same thing. They, That's play, an ex they, they play at the same stadium Dynamo does. Orlando Pride, same thing. Portland Thorns. Here's the thing. The Portland Thorns sh should seriously be considered to just receive an MLS franchise. Oh my, because th their numbers <laughs> are comparable to... The Timbers numbers. They have their own supporter group separate from the Timbers Army. Well, so that does just, Orlando. Orlando's that, that, got the crown. That is just 
astounding to me. Yeah, it's and and it's reassuring to the NWSL. They've got a fan base. They can bring in the people. It's just they can't mismanage their league. Right. And I don't think it, they it's will. It's the same thing with the NASL. You have fan bases. You have loyal fan bases, but you have to do it in the right way. Otherwise, and you have to give them a good product. Yes. Otherwise, you're just your ship's gonna sink. And I'm, I'd be willing to bet within two years we see a NWSL team from Atlanta. I don't think mm-hmm. they'll play at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I more foresee them sharing a stadium with the Atlanta B team. So, we'll see where that all goes. So, a little bit of NWSL news, a little bit of change there. I think NWSL is looking to have a solid 2018 season. The best part of this whole Kansas City move, though, is, and I'm going to be completely selfish here for a minute, Sydney, please come to Orlando. Dom misses you. We want your family to be whole again, and we want Orlando to win the 2018 NWSL season. Please, please come home. Okay. Uh, can can we move on to MLS expansion now? MLS! Was, was yeah. that like some kind of jingle right there? Yes, I just stole that from Men in Blazers. I won't do it again. I'm sorry. Anyways, We're going to get sued now. I, I'm pretty sure the MLS thing is from like a 1996 advertisement, so I think we're fine. But, but yes, anyway, uh, you want to talk MLS, about expansion or the cut first? Let's do expansion first. Let's do uh, it. But anyway, MLS has announced the four finalists for the next two expansion slots, will which will be announced in this week or next week. I know there were meetings. There are meetings on Wednesday, December 6th, with all four ownership groups. But I, I, I know don't... it was like early, mid-December. While you tell the people what four teams are there, I will double-check that. The four teams which were announced, if you have not heard of this, hopefully you have. But if not, the four teams that were announced... As finalists are Sacramento, Nashville, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Initial thoughts? Detroit automatically loses, in my opinion. Detroit just shouldn't even be considered. Two separate people I've talked to laughed at the whole Detroit thing because another story was released about a week ago before this two weeks before this announcement that the current ownership group has a deal to play at Ford Field which <laughs> okay they, it's they, one they, thing they, it's there's one no thing reason for... for Detroit to get an MLS <laughs> team right now simply because they're the only city out of out of those four that do not have their own city plant their own stadium plant Sacramento has their own stadium 
They've broken ground on their they, own they've stadium. Ro- they've broken ground on their own stadium. Nashville has announced a plan approved by the city to build that their the own stadium. That the city will fund. That the city will fund. And Cincinnati has announced a plan to privately fund their own stadium. Yeah. Which is why which is why it's a three man race and that three man race is not gonna be easy. Right. And any any three of those could be considered for one if there was one spot open. Personally here. Here we go. Here come per- the takes. Personally, how how long has Sacramento wanted this? Sacramento has wanted this for years, several years. years. I think, I think that they actually have the strongest argument, and here's why: their attendance numbers are incredible, and they play at a stadium that is inconvenient to get to inconvenient to park at and their fans are crazy they sell out every match and they have a great supporter which it's surprising that 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 stadium is hard to park at because it's in a parking lot it's in a parking lot but that parking lot a lot of times during matches is filled with people that are going to the adjacent amusement park they are literally, their stadium is literally a bunch of metal assembled in a amusement park parking lot. It seats 10,000 people. They sell out 10,000 tickets every single match. Right. So their permanent stadium, they've already committed to build it. There's no argument against that. No, I, there, there really isn't. The only argument I see against them is an opposition to California-based teams. Right. Because you're you're already going to have, starting next season, three California-based teams. I had to do math there for a second. Los Angeles Galaxy, LAFC, and San Jose. Okay. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought there was a fourth team, but that... My blood sugar must be low or something. I you, might, you might have been thinking of Chivas. Oh yeah, I'm still. I, I still. It's still awkward for me. It, it, it's, it's still. It's still a little. No, it, no, no, no. It's still a little too soon. Well, no, it's still a little too soon. But here's the thing. When did Chivas go under? 2014. Yes. Who entered the league in t- right after that? have to think i'm giving you a visual hint oh for the podcast orlando. i'm pointing at the badge on my shirt orlando and also new york city yes orlando was announced before new york city orlando existed before new york city and he's gonna state that fact until the day he dies amen they ain't got no history but here's the thing Go look at the logo for the Orlando City. Go look at our badge. 
Count the number of spirals on the lion's mane. 21 spirals. Because we were supposed to be, at the time of the announcement of our MLS franchise, we were supposed to be the 21st MLS franchise. We were actually the 20th. So, yeah, that happened. Yeah. But now let's, we've let's got talk LA. about Cincinnati. Okay, here's the thing. I met some FC Cincinnati supporters um, in Orlando in October. They 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 have nothing against them. No. They literally they could start play next year. Right. If they threw money at them and said, "Here is money. Go acquire players during the ops during the January window. You are starting the season alongside." alongside um, LAFC in 2018, and they could do it. They could throw it together, and they they could have the fans in the door, and they would be in the top five. the top ten of attendance in MLS. Because what were the the numbers for that Open Cup semifinal against New York? Oh, it was like... I want to say they sold 26,000 tickets. Let me double check. But Did they sell out that stadium? I oh, they yeah. Did. They sold out the stadium. Napart Stadium, they completely sold out. Okay, let's get the exact numbers because we have the internet. For now. Which, which was, by the way, broadcast on, on ESPN. I believe that match. Was no, the, no, I believe the game against no, the Chicago final. was on ESPN. Yes, I remember that. I watched that from Chicago, ironically enough. Yeah, they sold it out for 30,000 people. Wow. I did not know that's, that. That's that's impressive. Oh, that's for both matches. Oh, that's 30,000 for each match. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, so... They could start playing at Nippar. Is it Nippar or Nippar? I th- believe it's Nippert. Nippert. They could play play at Nippert Stadium tomorrow. Exactly. If they really wanted to. That college, they love having them there. Oh, yeah. They literally marched. They marched. Um, I was talking to one of the su- their supporters who, was, um, who stood with me at the Panama game in Orlando for the Hex in Orlando. And he talks about how they literally march across the entire campus. It's incredible. So, yeah. Between their fan base and their play, the players they have already produced, they have a strong pull to be a part of MLS. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be in 2019. I think 
from what I have heard, both teams will not begin playing until 2020. So Sacramento and FC Cincinnati. Those are my two calls, and I don't. I, and here's why: Nashville SC has yet to start playing, and they don't have a stadium to play at. They will be playing at a AAA baseball stadium, which that's fine, but you're not going to get an MLS franchise out of the gate with a with that in mind no now, you're not with... i mean that is my pick as well sacramento and cincinnati and here is why look at the two fan bases between cincinnati and nashville you would think cincinnati has an mls cup an mls team today while nashville they play in the npsl which is basically division four I mean, that, that pretty much just says it right there. Yeah, but to be fair to them, they are playing in USL this season. They have that, committed that to growing the game. And the reason why, believe it or not, the reason why Nashville got this far is the fact that the ownership group threw together that impressive showing at Nissan Stadium over the summer for the Gold Cup. There were 45,000 people at that match. That's an impressive showing. I went to the to the game in Tampa right before that, and we played Martinique. There were barely 20,000 people in Raymond James Stadium. That, that was that was the real test. They they went to Cleveland, Cincinnati or Nashville and Tampa, all markets that have that have ownership groups that have been trying to get MLS franchises, only one of them that was able to do a positive showing, and yet only one of them actually has an existing pro team, and that's the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and they can barely sell out a, a baseball stadium. I say that because I can't stand the Rowdies and the fact that they play at a baseball stadium, even though they say... Oh, it's for it's for soccer now. It's like the Providence Park. It's like no, that was a stadium built in the '60s to be used by the New York Yankees for spring training. So, I've spoken that putarades. Anyways, let's talk about Detroit. <laughs> if we already said this, but. <laughs> Why do we need to even waste our breath on this? Seriously. Ford Field? Ford, who, who wants to go watch a soccer game at Ford Field, let alone... I would rather go to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is actually attractive and actually has a roof that opens once in a while. Yes. But who, who wants to go watch a football, even a football match at Ford Field? Did you just I, I, American I will tell football you, as a match? I, I will tell you, for the last two summers, for those who are listening, I was a member of the supporters group for Lansing United. Amen. We had a lot of interaction with 
the Northern Guard, which is a supporters group for Detroit City FC. Let me say this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love where this is Every going. single... Okay, I, I won't say every single, but... N- a vast 90%... majority. <laughs> vast majority of the Northern Guard are absolute dicks. And they're not is, nice people. They're they, not nice people. Well, and like, don't they keep saying, oh, we don't want MLS in Detroit? Like, that, when you're hardcore, they wear MLS, this... They wear shirts that literally say, fuck MLS. Th- they will. They walk around every, every day in those shirts. They 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 say that like it's a creed. Yeah, and but I, but I will let me say this. This comes from the school of logic that says let's move the Columbus Crew to Austin. Austin, who doesn't even want an MLS team? But I I will say this. Every single one of those NGS supporters are completely devoted to their club. Yeah, completely. They're, yeah, they're ultras. All the all of them are ultras. I have respect for ultras. I just don't have respect for not wanting to go to a higher purpose. That's a that's a low division club that could easily play in USL. Oh, absolutely. I think I think they should join and. Or they should join USL three along with Lansing United, like, and go from I, there. Detroit should not create an Atlanta United style team where they just create them out of thin air. No, they can't sustain it. They, they, they Especially really can't. considering they can't even knock down their own stadium. <laughs> For reference, they tried to knock down the Pontiac Superdome, the only indoor stadium to host a, a World Cup match. By the way. today and it failed it literally didn't even fall and they can't go check it because they're concerned gravity is going to make it fall now but here's the thing I've gone to a match at Detroit City which they basically play in a high school stadium don't they like pack that place out they pack that place out every single solitary time I like it is absolutely true what you said. They could play in USL today. They could absolutely play in USL today. Well, and they would probably beat out every single MLS-owned team yes. in attendance. Some would argue maybe even in quality, but that would depend on how their coaching and organization is for pro but, versus using a bunch of college kids that need a job over the summer. Yes, but the that is true they need to I, I've said this and many people agree with me is that they need to step up their game because they could they could honestly play in USL today maybe maybe MLS because they, they have the following for that for USL I, I've yet to see for the MLS and MLS MLS is a stretch. And this brings me to an interesting discussion. It is... 
for these expansion teams, are we going to choose them based off of their quality of play in other leagues? So a merit-based promotion? Or are we going to base it off the fact that they have good attendance numbers, they have a sustainable mark and a sustainable market? That is, that is an excellent question. Because sustainable sustainable market, which that that says things for for now, but quality of play that says things for the future. Because mm-hmm. the quality of play determines if you can get players for the future. Well, and play, quality of play, play also players, determines if you're going to keep people interested in your product. Exactly. But that's, that, that says nothing about Dallas, who... That says... That's another for another <laughs> Shots fired! I love it! Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it, I but, love it. But there you have it. You... Four cities that are finalists for the next two expansion on slots. Four cities on paper, three that have a chance. Yes. A it's, chance to compete for MLS and for the MLS Cup. You like what I did if, there? If Detroit actually gets an expansion, I will be genuinely surprised. Yeah. Can we move on now? I just tried to make a segue. You stepped on it. Sorry. That's okay. Let's try it again. And if they get into the expansion, they can compete for the MLS Cup. Ah! MLS Cup coming your way on ESPN Saturday, December 9th, the year of our Lord, 2017, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. As I said before, I will be watching from the comforts of the Disney World Park. And I will be watching watching from from a cell phone amongst... Probably probably from a cell phone at a Christmas party with some of my peers. Merry freaking Christmas. We've got the Seattle Sounders and Toronto FC. He's fist-pumping folks he's 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 genuinely smiling i haven't seen him this happy since almost exactly a year ago when i was actually about almost a year ago to the day talking him into driving what okay you you didn't talk me into it you basically told me okay here's this guy that has a spare ticket and i said okay Yes, but then you said, oh, I can't. My passport's with my parents. And then I talked you into driving an hour and 15 minutes you, you to meet your dad me, to get your passport. You basically just told me, just texted me on his head. You, it, 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 it really didn't take that much convincing. No, it was like push. it was like pushing a frog into water. So, no, but yeah. Once again, we get an exact matchup, even in the same venue, as last year's 2016 MLS Cup. And an interesting take that was said during the end of the Seattle match in Seattle, where Seattle dominated the Houston 
a 10-man Houston Dynamo, which, let's be honest, that was not a red card. No, no it wasn't. That's about as much it, of yeah, a red yellow card at as, most. as Kaká hitting Aurelian Collins on the face is a red card, but whatever. It was, it um, was a yellow at most. I'm not bitter at all. Ted Uncle's an idiot. Anyways, um, 3-0 Seattle at home winning the entire... S- not allowing a goal in, that, in the entire two-game series. Have they yet to allow a goal in the playoffs? I don't believe so. I think the exact commentary by Landon Donovan was I was they have forgotten how to concede goals. And they are swaggering into MLS Cup. If this game was played at CenturyLink Field, if I were a betting man, I'd put my entire life savings on it, on Seattle. Because I mean, well, Detroit did win in CenturyLink Field earlier this year, but that was earlier in the season. Detroit? The Toronto. He's got Detroit on the mind, folks. Sorry. But Toronto did win in CenturyLink Field earlier this year. But that was a different time. Yeah, they didn't have all their healthy players. They're literally bringing in so many good attacking and defending players. This, that they're going to have to sit the wonder kit. I'm, this, I have multiple people telling me that, that Jordan Morris is going to be a super sub. For yes, MLS Cup. He, he essentially will. And let me say this. This team, this Seattle team, is Swagger. so much better than the team last year. Which should scare the crap out of Toronto. Because Whereas last year it was said that Seattle backed into MLS Cup. Now it's the other way around. I mean, Toronto... Barely beat Columbus. Barely. Barely being right, but it also came on a very gutsy play that we didn't see in Trinidad and Tobago. Let's let it go. It's in the past. Just let it go. I want to talk about it. We can talk about that here in a few minutes. But this, now he's sitting there, arms crossed, and being a grump. I'm pouting. <laughs> How old are you? Cool. But here's the thing. This Seattle team is by and far better than the team that went to the MS Cup last year. Because we have Victor Rodriguez, mm-hmm. Gustav Svensson, and we have dancing Nana bear. Dabsy, he's missed... the bear. He's the dancing bear. I didn't. Here's the thing. You know that gif I sent you the first time he scored in the MLS playoffs? Yes. I didn't know his nickname was Dancing Bear. That was an accident. What? Don't you know what a Bruin is? It's another I... word for a bear. Oh, see, I hear Bruin, and all I think of is well, mediocre baseball teams from Wisconsin. What do you think the mascot for the Boston Wisconsin. Bruins is? 
I didn't know they had a mascot. I thought their it was mascot just a is giant a bear bee. because Bruin is a different word for a bear. Bruin is my second. The Bruins are my second favorite hockey team. I did not know this. Anyways, moving on. My dad grew up in Boston. Speaking of Boston, remind that's, me that in, is, the, at, in the after show to tell you about my experience this weekend. Moving on. But Toronto is injured and backed into the MLS Cup against Columbus. Columbus, who they're a great team, but they're no Seattle Sounders. I don't care if you're at home again. How are, how is Toronto going to defend against Seattle's attacking play? How? He's speechless, folks. He has no idea. What, what I'm trying to figure right out is how many of the goals in the playoffs for the Sounders came from off-season acquisitions? Oh, there were... I, I, I remember them talking about that on the... Because Bruin weekend. scored 11 during the regular season. Well, Bruin alone has contri- been involved with at least half of the goals because he either puts just brilliant crosses in, which I dream of those crosses. Yoshi Yotun to Dom Dwyer, all 2018. That's Those are the kinds of things I dream about. And you're getting Bruin to Dempsey all night long. And Dempsey, for Dempsey, this this is a this is kind of a swan song. I know he's got a I know he's got a contract. He did, sign a, he did sign an extension. I know he's doing the 2018 extension, but this is kind of his last hurrah after the heartache of Trinidad and Tobago. This is his time to shine, and you've got you're going to have three of the leading players from that team battling out in MLS Cup. So that's a little sub-narrative there. Just a thought. So right now, I'm going to put you on the spot while you're doing your research. What's the final score of this match in Toronto? That's a pretty gonna... face. Do you want me me to be honest? Yes. Okay. Um... I'm going to say 2-1 to one Seattle. That was exactly what I was going to say. 2-1 to one Seattle with one of the goals being a penalty. Ooh, I like it. He's not going to say from which side, but I agree. Yep. That, that, yep. That, this game could honestly go either way because, let's be honest, Toronto FC was the best team in their regular season. But, and possibly the best team MLS has ever seen. Would you agree with that statement? Which team is the best team? Toronto. Toronto is a team that has consistently been great. Seattle is a team that has consistently been great. I think this is going to be a completely different game than it was a year ago. A year ago, it was a defensive, gritty, two Two teams that were just kind of trying to get through a cold evening. I don't know what the weather is for Toronto, but I, that... I it's 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 I think it's pretty much the same conditions 
as last year. Well, then we're going to have an interesting game. It's going to be a very... It's going to all depend on how the defense uh, defenses on both teams can withstand the passing from their midfields. Both midfields... I have a feeling this game is going to be much more open than last year. It'll be a more open game, that's for sure. There will be goals in the first half. That's in goals plural, not singular. It's going to be all about who can score first and keep their heads on straight. Because the other thing is that Toronto, Toronto's heads came off against Columbus. There were several penalties and that led to them almost missing MLS Cup because they didn't have players playing in you could you can definitely see the frustration come out in that second leg of the, that series against Columbus. Exactly. So what happens because when the were, team that they, beat you they have Toronto has grinded through this playoff. Yeah. Through through both series against New York and against Columbus. So what happens when the team that beat you in penalties comes into your house, scores first, and then pushes you around? The, the mental toughness of Toronto is going to be very interesting to watch. But all in all, it, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. I, I almost want you to record yourself on a separate camera, sitting, watching Christmas movies, while also watching this game. It it sounds like an SNL skit just waiting to happen. Oh my goodness. So let's go through a little, we're running a little short on time, so we're going to have to do a little bit of a lightning round for the international news. The U.S. men's national team hasn't played or even really been mentioned since their draw in Portugal, but... There have been there has been some news that would that is going to directly affect them. Which one should we cover first? I let's can we talk about the Nations League? Yes, very excited about this. Everybody, some people are poo-pooing on it. I am all in on it. I can't hey, more, stand more, the more games is going to be more entertainment. That means something. Games that mean something, exactly. not these friendlies that they play in because what, Toyota Stadium than, in Dallas where all the t- crowd is on one side because they don't want to see the fact that there's only 10,000 people there. Because what other games does the U.S. national team play that mean something other than World Cup qualifiers and the Gold Cup? None. We never play in, World, in Gold Cup qualifying because we're literally the host of Gold Cup qualifying every time, and we normally make it pretty darn far in the Gold Cup, so we don't have to qualify for it. So this, if you have not heard the news, this CONCACAF Nations League is going to be very, very similar to what UEFA has recently announced is the UEFA Nations League. So, you can chime in anytime you want. Uh, what How this is going to work, um, how UEFA is going to do this, 
is they will have four, what do you call it, divisions. They're actually calling them levels of the pyramid. They're straight up calling them pyramids. So essentially you'll have the top teams in the Confederation, the Englands, the Frances, the Germanys, the Spains, the Italys, in this top division, and you'll have teams going down in the, the rest of these three divisions. I imagine a world, especially in UEFA, where within tw 12 years of this competition, I'm going to say three World Cup cycles, that coaches get fired from national teams because of promotion and relegation issues. Mm. So, it, say for example, England gets relegated to the second division of the UEFA UEFA um, Nations League. The, the coach instantly gets fired for that because they're playing less competitive matches during non-UEFA qualifying, non-UEFA... And, and what's interesting is that this Nations League will, they say, will directly influence Euro Cup qualifying. Yeah, same thing with Gold Cup. The CONCACAF um, Nations Cup, which currently there are 41 CONCACAF members. It's going to be, and I'm just going to quote the Stars and Stripes FC at this point. It's going to be three divisions for round robin with, like I was said, promotion and relegation. It'll be, it'll be on the basis of a, a straight-up point system, and promotion and relegation will be determined on a bi-annual basis. And what's Which interesting is that we will have promotion and relegation in CONCACAF before we have it in the United States. Oh, boy. That's, again, another conversation for another day. But, um... We, we say that a lot. Yes, yes we do, but we like teasing things, especially when we don't have much to talk about. We've had lots to talk about the last two months. So, what this this is this is going to provide the U.S. with more meaningful matches in Concacaf. It's going to definitely determine the fact that all of our friendlies not in Concacaf will be spent overseas. That pretty much seals that fate. We'll be in Europe pretty much all the time. So instead of we, we can stop playing these low-level CONCACAF teams. Or we can stop instead... playing South Korea or some South American team right before the Gold Cup. It'll be... We might even go to Europe the month before the gold cup and play competitive matches there. And but just... in so many words is it's, we're going to be playing much more competitive and much more meaningful matches M on meaningful, a regular basis. Meaningful matches, not necessarily competitive is it. Well, okay. If you would have asked me three months ago, I would have said they would be less competitive and more meaningful because of comp, CONCACAF and Gold Cup qualification, but considering the fact we couldn't beat Trinidad and Tobago in a flooded stadium in Trinidad and Tobago, all, all, we, we don't really have the pride to say that. 
So it's it's a matter of giving the entire region a competitive edge. The bi- the biggest pe- um, federations this helps is the Caribbean zone. The mm-hmm. Caribbean zone the, teams... The Caribbean play. teams that otherwise they don't play that often. The, the Caribbean... Like the ten Dominicans, g- games the Haitians. A cycle. Ten yes. games a cycle. We play that in a year. And that's and, and that will ultimately over time generate more com- competition. We'll get more of these. We'll see. I you know who this is gonna really help? Jamaica. Mm. This is gonna be huge for Jamaica. And and the other Caribbean nations and we'll see that... them ultimately compete more and threaten us which is ultimately going to grow what... br- bring us more it's, regular it's a, competition it's threaten us and ho- hopefully motivate us to up our competitiveness yeah which will also it, it'll be interesting to see how many players from some of these teams that don't get as much playing time how many of these players end up in mls because mls more than even liga mx mls has become the premier league of developing nation of developing players from north and central america because how how many of these players in in Costa Rica, Honduras, and Panama were influencing the games in World Cup qualifiers are exactly. in MLS. Exactly. Es- especially Roman Torres, who became a national Panamanian hero. He's had quite the year. He's had quite the year. Wouldn't it be interesting to see him bookend this year with two MLS Cups? That would be amazing. Can you imagine if he scores? I mean, he 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 almost scored in re- in regulation time in last year's MLS Cup. Exactly. So, yeah, the the Concacaf Nations League will start playing September of 2018, which means the U.S. only has to wait nine and a half more months to play a meaningful match, unless. I that I did this completely by accident, unless the World Cup NIT tournament comes to the United States in 2018, starring the United States national team, the national team of Italy, the national team of Chile, and the Chicago Fire. I stole that joke from Jordan. It was his joke. It was really funny. Got quite a few retweets down here in Orlando. You were popular. And I, I, I was, I was actually surprised. They love you. The people love you, darling. Uh, let's talk about the fact that the infamous Sunil Gulati is has announced that he will not run for re-election in the for U.S. Soccer president. That's Angel singing. Sunor Galati. Which, to, to be honest, is probably one of the best Christmas presents I could have asked for. 
Amen. Sunar Galati has definitely received some of the ire of the U.S. soccer culture for his, I want to say, complacency and lack of owning up. If he would have come out the day after Trinidad and Tobago and said, we screwed up, this didn't happen, we're sorry, and even would have fallen on his own sword in addition to basically escorting Bruce Arena out the door. That would have been one thing. But now he's basically, after two months, has wishy-washingly said, uh, I guess I won't run. And has instead appointed his own heir, basically. He has appointed a possible replacement that he will be endorsing. So, at this point, with him out of the race, it's a wide-open race. He has a point. He has, to this interview to ESPN, said that he would instead endorse Kathy Carter, the current president of Soccer United Marketing, to be the president of U.S. Soccer, which would be a very interesting play because she is currently the only woman that whose name has been floated and not denied yet. Mia Hamm has, was at one point in the running, but she eventually declined. So if that were the case, it would allow it would allow for a much more even field. It would definitely allow, fix this problem with the women's national team it would definitely bring a new look to it all but there are other candidates that are currently declared we've got kyle martino michael winograd eric winalda paul lapinet and steve gaines steve gaines has been in the discussion since the day after Trinidad and Tobago, but he's a he's an unknown in the market. It'll be interesting to see how many of these talking heads. He he's a attorney from Boston. He has very deep ties, is the thing. So he he has very deep ties to different MLS um, related interests, and he was also involved in bringing the Fenway Sports Group together with Liverpool. So he has he has a vested interest in the game, but he's not a household name. In this case, that doesn't matter because it's not like every soccer mom in America gets to vote on this. It's the it's the people that are currently owners, it's the people that are currently involved in the lower levels. So you've got people like Paul Lapinte. I don't know. I'm butchering that name. He's the regional director of the UPSL. Again, lower division. He's going to have a lot of those lower people. Kyle Martino and Eric Winalda, while as fun as they would both be, they're talking heads. They're not their personalities. They're they're TV analysts. I don't think they can. They would be good at talking, 
they wouldn't be good at managing. Which is why I don't think either of both have had impressive careers in the game. I don't think either of them has the experience or know how to run the to run. I think it, it would it would be nice to have that kind of passion of the sport that I believe Martino and Juanelda have. But you also have to have the managing skills. Yeah. So. The, and, and the ability to delegate. Which, which arguably Winalda has more than Martino, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Michael Winograd and, 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 is... And I, and I think it's worth noting that Winalda was at one time a head coach. Yes. So there's that possibility. Um, the other definitively declared candidate is Michael Winograd, um, who was the a general manager in the A League, which is the, I believe that's the Australian League, right? So, oh no, the old USL A League. That's right. So, it's a good field. It'll just be interesting to see in January when the voting takes place in Orlando what the ownership groups and what the controlling interests choose. And with and if they will look at Kathy Carter as a breath of fresh air and a woman candidate, or if they will look at her as Sunar Galati's heir apparent and view her as a toxic asset in that regard. So Having fresh blood in there is going to be good for everybody, no matter what. Yes. So. But the question is, will that work out for everybody in the long run? We won't see the definitive results in the long run. We will see the results we are about to see in the next cycle as the World Cup qualifies is over and we now have this awkward space of six months between the World Cup draw and the World Cup we're gonna see some friendlies we have the friendly in January in LA we have Camp Cupcake we're gonna see a lot of young players but these young players aren't a result of the Bruce Arena era these are players that were brought into the U-17s, the U-20s, the U-23s under Jurgen Klinsmann, who, in a little, just a little extra fact for you, was linked to the currently vacant Australia job because the Australian manager, no, no, that's New Zealand. Never mind. I get New Zealand and Australia mixed up. The New Zealand manager ended up in Colorado? Yes. I Yes? Yes. Let's go with yes. I almost said RSL, but, you know. So, Jurgen's big philosophy when he came in in 2011 will ultimately, the results of that will be seen in this cycle. And that'll tell us if he was right or if he was wrong. Because ultimately, he wasn't fired because he wasn't good at finding players or he wasn't good 
at understanding soccer. He was fired because he was bad at managing teams. I believe that's that's why he was fired both times. Now, yep. I can't speak yep. for why Gulotti brought in Bruce Arena after Klinsman was fired, but that's that's a whole other discussion. Indeed. So, we look forward to seeing who is voted in, and we look forward to seeing who is chosen. We look forward in this order to seeing a new U.S. soccer president, a U.S. soccer technical director, and a U.S. soccer manager. And we and, and the and players we, that follow that. Yep, and we also pray that all these rumors about Kayla Porter just go. I that's guess. that's a side note. Just just gonna throw that out there and see what the cat cat drags in. So on that note, this has been the American Soccer Broadcast. I'm Alex Ryder. I can be found on several internet distribution places, including my blog and the eventual home of this fine product at tevilo.com, T-E-V-I-L-O.com. You can also find me on Twitter at ghost underscore writer. I'll be talking, I'll basically for the rest of the year, I'll be like an Arsenal fan TV person saying, Firefox, Fox out, which by the way, Firefox, I made that hashtag last week and didn't even realize the joke until about an hour later when it's like, I saw a guy who had a cutout of the Firefox internet browser at the game in Chicago and it was holding it up. Yeah, that guy's my hero. He's my spiritual animal. He's the kind of person I want to be friends with. So, yeah, I'll be talking about that almost exclusively until 2018. So, Merry Christmas, Firefox. I am also on Instagram, where lately it's been pretty much pictures of the fact that it's still 70 degrees in Naples and the sun is still shining. That's because you live in Florida. Darn right. Ghost underscore writer on Instagram. My last name is spelled R-E-I-T-E-R because it's reader or ritter or something that no one else knows how to spell, but... I don't have as a long as, name. as long as you know how to spell your last name. I know how to spell it most of the time. Or how to say it. Most of the time, like I said. And this has been my partner in crime. Jordan Hawkins. Uh, like Alex, you can find me on multiple social distribution centers. Uh, on Twitter, I am J. Ray Hawkins. Uh, for the pretty much for the rest of the year until MLS starts back up. You can find me talking about Manchester United. Boo. Says the person whose team has never won a Premier League championship. Mo Salah. Mo Salah. Now that Alex is done chanting about his token Egyptian... Uh, you can t- also find me talking about random U.S. men's national team, Sounders, and other soccer-related things, and other just 
completely random things. We'll see what happens. Be good to each other, and go USA. Party on, dudes.